So Lauren, now we've got the hang of this uh, Zoom podcasting. <laughs> I know, we're like whiz kids now. I hope you're, you're not missing my cakes and my dog and my... Uh, I am, I'm, my... Missing, I'm missing the muffins. Oh, bless. I'm glad I'm good for something in your life. Hello. Hello! And welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stone. And I'm Nikki Pope. And today we have two amazing guests joining us. One is Tim Scott Wright, who has nearly 20 years history as a hairdresser, including scooping tons of awards. I know he's been Midlands Hairdresser of the Year and has won many accolades. About four years ago, he opened his own salon in the Midlands. And not only has he made a success of that, he's notable for both um, growing a brilliant team that work with him at the salon, but he's also great when people want to move on and he's helped a couple of people go forward and open up salons of their own which is really quite something very generous yeah, spirited amazing. yeah and equally ken picton who works tirelessly for the industry ken is currently president of the fellowship for british hairdressing which is an yeah. enormous role to take on he's a global educator of many years experience with lots of top brands and he owns a massive destination salon in cardiff which is brilliant it encompasses hair and beauty and makeup I think um, with a team of about 30 hairdressers and again Ken's really brilliant at enabling people to make their own pathway and become well known in their own right so he has lots yeah, of he's people. got some real stars hasn't he in his yeah cell. absolutely so I think today's conversation is going to be about how to share the limelight and care for your team at the same time yeah it's going to be a good one yeah let's <laughs> get them on there Hello. Hello and welcome to Ken Picton and Tim Scott Wright. Thank you so much for joining us tonight today. It's always long days with us, Lauren, isn't it? So, <laughs> it does feel no, like a long day at the moment. It is daylight. <laughs> welcome guys. Welcome guys. Thank you for having me. No, Hello. For coming. <laughs> and as we referenced earlier no, normally we would love to have you with us in the respectfully house but today we're chatting on air because we're recording this during the uh, the lockdown but we wanted to talk generally more not just about what's happening in these times but sort of taking it forward we wanted to talk to you guys in particular about the sort of concept that you grow a nice team you put lots of energy as salon owners and managers into your team and then there's always that fear that then what happens you know are they going to help you grow your business or are they going to leave you and I think each of you are very sort of remarkable and and known for not being too or you don't seem to be too worried about that you're quite generous in enabling people yeah yeah. Uh, do you want to go first, Ken? Because yeah. you've got a bigger team. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I have. He's a... got the biggest team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm currently around about thirty-five, with uh, numerous on maternity. Oh. So um, at our probably at our peak, we've been about forty, forty-five. Um, right. But, uh, and obviously, with that comes lots of um, maternity leave and babies and children. And Gosh, so I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm nurturing the next generation. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you've got a huge extended family. <laughs> exactly. Five. Five kids myself, but yeah, the irony of it is, hopefully they're all going to come in. And yeah, so a big team is an interesting one, you know, and uh, it's interesting in this current climate that we're in. Um, It makes you realise that, um, you know, 
it's all about togetherness. And I think if this has made it even more important that we are all working together as a, as a team. I think we had a WhatsApp group a conversation even last night with regards to what can we do to make it better for all of us. And, and that's the important. I think that sh shines through with my team. Um, and I think that's probably because that's how we've always been. Yeah, so it's payback Do you now. think that's why, because your team's so big, is that kind of why you're not so worried if somebody leaves or if, you know, you, you want to help them to you know, boost their own career and push them forward? Is What's your reasoning behind that? Um, so I guess for me, you know, I put a lot of pe people through different uh, programmes, whether it's, you know, through our product manufacturers or whether it's through things like the Fellowship um, for the British Hairdressing Awards and all those kind of things as well. I think I, I, I do that a lot because I think it is good for the whole team morale. Some people want to do those things, some people don't. And I think, you know, it keeps us all engaged as a team together. Um, yeah. do, I, do I worry about them, them, them leaving? I think, you know, I've been in business 30 years, leaving is an inevitable thing and they do it for lots yeah. of different reasons. I think the best way of trying to keep them is to give them as much opportunity <clears throat> as possible. And that's yeah, my mantra good. with them. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, sorry. So, so Tim, mean, Tim wants... haven't you, ha oh, sorry, carry on, Nikki. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, so, uh, Tim, describe your setup at the moment in terms of sort of team size and, and how you manage it. Well, it's a lot smaller than Ken, and I know we've been on other group chats, and I think um, sometimes the thought of how large his team is would be a massive headache to me. But you know, <laughs> it's um, we've we've got um, there's a we've got a team of fourteen at the moment, so we've got ten stylists in there, um, and I think we really feel it a lot more when someone does leave, especially if they're a real crucial part of the team. But uh, again, I've always tried to encourage every single member of staff in the, in the different programmes that the fellowship run, or again, product manufacturers. I'm just echoing what Ken's really said there. And I think if you've got some gems within your team, then you want to make sure that they're looked after and they want to stay with you. But inevitably, um, everything has longevity. And, you know, if someone does want to leave, and I think as long as they're going on to bigger and better things, you totally encourage that. And then the ones that don't necessarily want to do those bigger and better things then they're, they're sometimes not the biggest loss anyway mm. um, but I would still support them for what they want to do as well because I think everybody's got their own um, journey in life and I think if I've played a small part in whatever that journey is and um, with them going forward then you know I'm dead proud of that and I've got a there's I mean there's one girl that's just left left me recently who's opened her own salon she's on fame team at the moment Brooke yeah. um yeah, and yeah. she's doing phenomenal phenomenally well and you know I am she started with me as a junior she she lived quite a distance from me but wanted to come and work with me specifically um and I've watched her grow and I I'm still in touch with her regular I had a we were facetiming for an hour the other day um and to to think that I've had a little part in what she's doing now is um really 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 special for me and yeah, i you know and she and she speaks highly of me and i know she does and likewise for her as well so but you know you do feel the pinch when someone like brooke leaves you um and i did but um again an immense feeling of proudness at the same time but how and also i mean she's gonna be you know she she's very proud of where she's come from and the fact that she's working yeah. with you as well so that's going to carry on you know she's going to still yeah. be promoting you and your brand 
Absolutely, and I think that's that's the double that's the double um, not the double edged sword. What's the word I'm looking for? That's a good thing about this. I think if someone leaves on great terms like that, and you have a great great relationship with them, and you still do, um, it's a bit of self promotion on both on both salons' parts and both yeah, businesses' yeah. parts. But I think I, um, I think there you said um, Tim, and I think that that's the interesting because. A lot of people move on and actually you lose touch with a lot yeah. of them as they move on. They might open their own business. They think they're, yeah. they, they almost see us as competition. What was yeah. really interesting and it showed through that um, I kind of went a little bit early before the lockdown and I closed down early. And it was, it was yeah. really refreshing that I had uh, people reaching out to me on social media, i.e. people who used to work with me who have their own businesses now yeah. saying, thank you for taking the lead. We, the same, yeah, absolutely. Because you've done it, we feel much more um, yeah. uh, relieved at, that yeah. we can do it. And thank you for doing that. And yeah. it was kind of that moment when you kind of thought, oh, okay, they still do look up or still do connect to us because sometimes you haven't yeah. spoken to them for years and years, you know, and, and uh, yeah. I think that's a valid point. But can I... Well, I think... For you, uh, so I just want to ask you, though. So, I mean, it's it's lovely to hear you talking in such terms and, and I can totally um, get where you're coming from. But mechanically, you must have to be a little bit wary because if somebody leaves, you know, you might be loving them out of the company and sending them with best wishes. But what if they walk off with their client list and things? Or, or how do you well, manage that? I'll speak that. I think for me, in, in, in specifically talking about Brooke again, because she was opening in in a location that wasn't close to where my salon was. I knew she'd have a few that would follow her, but um, essentially the core clientele would stay where they are because it was quite a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Ken will have seen over his his time in business, people that have opened closer to him. And um, I haven't had that yet. So that's something I haven't, I haven't had to cross that bridge, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you know what I mean. But um, with Brooke, I think I, I'm not stupid enough to sort of realise that essentially we are a vessel to get the clients through the door and we do what we can in promoting the business and ourselves and indeed the team um, but once a client comes and they like a stylist and they've been going to that stylist for a, for a while essentially we're a secondary part of the experience for them they're coming to that stylist yeah. and I know that because I've had my clients for 20 plus years they started with me at Umberto's you know and Ken you will have had them even longer than that <laughs> Thanks. but it's it's um, but um, but they, they've st- they've stayed loyal to me and they have come to me to each salon I've worked at and I've only ever worked at two businesses but they've stayed with me wherever I've gone yeah. so essentially you're the vessel that gets those clients through the door but um, you're deluded if you think that you're the only reason they come to a salon yeah I think I think there's a bit of a mix um, I mean I, I've I tend to I've not lost a huge amount to their own business really and I think some of that is because one we create an incredible environment for them to work in um, it is a salon yeah. that uh, is you know it's a very busy salon you know 500 clients four to 500 clients a week uh where one of the highest kind of priced within our area so therefore their income from the the, the, the stylists um and the or the colorist and all that um they earn very good money in in for our area so that makes it much more difficult for them to move somewhere else uh, or to open another salon because they yeah. enjoy the environment i have had people that have done that um i guess yeah. i guess my experience is is you know whilst you might lose uh, the reality is 50%, even if it's to that amount of their clientele, you're still maintaining a lot of those clients as well. They don't all go yeah. for varying different reasons, simply down mm-hmm. to, and so, you know, so I think sometimes, um, it, it, you know, I'm a bigger team, so it's a little bit less impactful yeah. if I lose 
a big name. Do you know what I mean? So, like, for yeah. instance, yeah. Um, but uh, quite a lot of mine have moved on to, say, other things as well. You know, like, say, say David for is a classic example, won yeah. at the British Hairdressing Awards, yeah. was on Fame Team, did all of those whilst with me, and now is the International Education Manager for GHD. You know, yeah. so I kept all his clients. Everyone still <laughs> knows where he came from, don't they? they yeah. Of... yeah, yeah. And I think that's, that, that is and... important as well. So I, I think... Yeah. You know, so they're the they're the positive uh, situations. <laughs> I I <laughs> yeah. know obviously what Nikki, you know, and the point of it is there are also negative situations as well with it. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to control those, and I think the reality is is you know if you've got a if you've got a good strong business ethic and you you you, it's very easy to go through um, your business life. Because you do get hit and you do get hurt and you you take it personally because that's how we yeah. are as an industry. Yeah. So I think sometimes you just got to try and step out of that a little bit and accept that they all have their own reasons. And the same, Tim, you opened your salon for a reason. I opened mine for a reason. And I think you just yeah. have to try and respect that and step off it. It hurts. <laughs> it's yeah. big time. Yeah. I think but, in a way um, you, you have to, as a, as a leader and a manager and an owner, of, of a small business you almost have to try and safeguard it being a, a shock you know you have to kind of you cl- come alongside your team members and almost see it coming before they do so if well I I, I, if I can interject i i think that's i think that's down to the relationship you have with that member of staff um working while they're working with you i think if you have that good relationship with them and that they respect you and you respect them um then hopefully they would be um respectful enough to come up to you and sort of say these are my intentions this is my thoughts here's what i'm going to do and then you can navigate through that journey of them leaving in a much better way than when something's done underhanded um you know, and I think that's that's primarily it's it's easier to control someone leaving if you know that they're going to go, yeah, yeah. and you can work together on their departure. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what I've found. And I've I've been fortunate enough; I haven't had many staff leave, but I've been able to navigate a, an element of control, I suppose, um, over what's going on in the salon and what's being said and what clients are thinking because it's been done in a respectful, tactful way. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think so what, I think there, Nikki, you you tapped on it actually, in the the sense of, I I guess maybe it's just thirty years of experience um, of running a salon, but you do tend to kind of sniff it out before it happens as well. It, totally, uh, I, I don't, and I don't totally. know. Uh, there's just little factors. There's just little things that they start doing, and you kind of do. And then the irony of it is, is quite often it's actually not to go against you either quite often they, no. they, they, they're just a bit worried and you know I, I guess after having so many pregnancies that's always the first one <laughs> oh. <laughs> by the time by the time they it's come, a Welsh it's water a yeah. <laughs> but by the time that yeah by the time they come to tell me they're, they're so um, head up they're, they're virtually in tears when they're just telling me yeah. and I'm like oh, oh wow congratulations and they're like yeah. the same oh, yeah. the same <laughs> So, so yeah. I mean, to, on a serious note there, Ken, I remember, you know, having a chat with you about the same thing years and years ago when you had, you know, you said to me, I've got five off at the same time. Have you learned to cope then with career breaks and maternity leaves? Because, again, that's quite hard for a small business. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I, I, I mean, I know the, what we're referring to, Nick, we was back, back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. I went through a period where I had 22 pregnancies in a two and a half year period. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And um, it was quite uh, it was probably one of the toughest times in business that I've ever had. Um, there was there was some silver linings to it all. For instance, 
I had five go off at the exact same time and they were all income producing all through maternity. So obviously when that first happened where there was a larger scale, I hit that point of like, oh, I got to keep their jobs open. The problem is, is my turnover take took a massive hit. So I then had to scramble to try and create people. The positive to having that many, they all come back to you. So suddenly, (laughs) it's like a year later, nine months later, you suddenly have five great stylists coming back to work for you, which is which helps you navigate through the through the journey of it. I I guess is the way. Can I ask you a question with that? (laughs) Can I ask you a question with that though as well, though, Ken? Because I've, I mean, we're only a small team, but I've had um, someone off on maternity every year since we've opened, and obviously they come back part time. Do you feel there's a change in staff after they've had children? Oh, hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah, I mean, you know, there it is, and their priorities change, and I, and and rightly so, I guess. If you know, if you if you're being a parent, um, you you know, yeah. Do you know what I think? It's not just women though, Tim. I just think anybody changes when you become a parent. Always a bad change. I think sometimes it's a good good change because you kind of yeah I don't know I for me having young children I yeah. kind of have working is kind of my relief and I really enjoy it and I feel well, like exactly. I get into it yeah. so much more because I you know it's my and, not, not free time but do you know what I'm saying and yeah. I tell you what mine's you know the reality is is you need that job even more because you've got yeah. mouths well, exactly. to feed yeah yeah as you know absolutely you know which yeah. is a classic example you know yeah. um you know at the end of the day they whilst their priority and you know work might not be the number one mindset one priority it is yeah. necessary they need it a lot more so yeah, yeah. so so on a on a more sort of positive note it in terms of keeping a team together and encouraging people how what strategies do you have to make a career path different for each one how do you find out what it is that they want to do how do you discover what they might have a gift for doing or oh how do you decide what to invest in you know if one person wants to do i don't know photography and competitions and somebody else is wants to do education and you know how do you discover that and how do you grow that for me for me the the option the option to do or the opportunity to do what we call the art team stuff is there for everybody um I don't force it on them um, and I've been very cautious not to do that because I wanted this superstar salon you know with everyone in there doing lots of stuff um, but obviously you don't want to push that on people and that can have that can have a really adverse effect on them as well if you're kind of trying to push that yeah. that side of it I as well it. and some of them just want to be um, great salon hairdressers with a busy clientele making money to to to, to live um, and I appreciate those stylists just as much but you kind of know the ones um, that are hungry for more um and and you know you, you get a feeling for that and those are the ones that you push and those are the ones that you offer the opportunities like the British Hairdressing Awards or um different platforms through the fellowship or your own product and brands um and then you kind of it's sort of you kind of find your feet with them a little bit and then you kind of know what they want to do what they don't want to do and they need to feel comfortable enough to come and say to you actually I'm not interested in doing that if that's okay and you be okay with that as well and not take it personally yeah Yeah, I think that's you know from my side what I do is I expose them to the opportunities I think that's the best way if they choose but but I also do need them to actually want to take that opportunity as well because i think yeah. you're right there tim in the sense that you know there's no point forcing it on people and like i say some people just don't want to some people are, are, are completely no. terrified of you know um you know going on stage and would never do that you know and, and those type of yeah. things so you know i i remembered in the past when i've had people you know say coming on a shoot 
they only they only want to help. That's the only thing they do want yes. to do. They actually yeah. don't want to. And I've taken people to you know to do shows. They like I'll do all I'll give all my time up to help you. But I don't want to stand up there and do it. And that's I don't want to be I don't want to be seen. <laughs> yeah. 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 But they just want to feel yeah. part of it, I think, is the key. And yeah. and I, I think for me, you know, obviously I'm in Cardiff. So what I try to do is I try to I try to be that salon that gives the opportunity. I think we're known for it. Our education programme for our assistants is is great, which is why we, you know, we have so many assistants and stuff like that. So I, I think that's what we try and portray. Um, my team are encouraged to publicise what they do as well. Um, and that way then I believe, you know, it's quite interesting when I get application forms coming in for stylists, um, you know, a lot of it is they have seen what my team have done and that's what they want to be yeah. part of. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. 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 And, I th- and I think that's important. If you're known as that salon in your area and we're outside of London, can mm. I? Um, if you're known as that salon in your area, this, the stylist will want to keep coming to work for you. So as much as you've got people that are ending their, their time with you, um, hopefully with support from you, um, you've also got the next generation of people who are coming who want a piece of that as well and I think if you you have that kind of salon you'll never have a shortage of people stylists coming for the job although at the moment I have a shortage of assistants coming for jobs which I'm, I think is echoed yeah. throughout the industry Gosh. well yeah no that is that's really difficult so how and then what about strategies for keeping your team strong as a team so internal team building things and and do you have um you know, regular events. So you, I'm sure you both have training nights and so on. But as a sort of purely for the for the benefit or for the joy of being a team together, do you do you indulge in nights out and uh, things together? I think I think they only need to see me drunk at least three times a year these days, <laughs> and that's enough really. So that's the Christmas do the British hairdressing awards and maybe the fellowship lunch and that's it. Well, no, you're right there. I mean, and obviously that's one thing that, um, you know, I, I have been, um, it is quite famous, the size of my bar bills on numerous occasions, I think. Yeah, uh, I think the in bit, the red bar. In the, no, not even there. This is just, uh, just oh, the with my, bar. No, no, with my own team going out with them. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> last year, for instance, you know, our, um, we had a little staff do, at, you know, at Christmas time. And uh, yeah, my bar bill was £5,000. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so, 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 I'm never yeah. having a big team. <laughs> I, I've been Trust to a Ken Picton party and it was yeah, quite a, quite a big. I'm guessing there's no one on maternity leave at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you know, but yeah, we, we. I think what we do just to keep the you know the team building together and stay strong. You know, we have a lot of team meetings. Uh, they're always in my time. Um, that's a great way of just actually. Uh, opening out what we do to all of our team um they you know we try and encourage the social side of it together um and you'd be surprised actually how oh you know they all kind of start linking together i mean i've got a lot of people just for argument's sake i got one girl who you know was getting married um and she's uh, seven of my staff need the time off for the wedding because they're all related to her in some way form. Oh, God. Yeah, so it's like, literally, you're like, did I start employing families? Yeah, yeah, literally. And they're all going, not because they're friends, because they are related in some way to her, whether it's go out with a boyfriend or girlfriend or sister or brother or they're even together. Seven of them. It's quite incredible, really. Yeah. 
Do you think, how important in UK hairdressing do you think the concept of a team is? So I've watched over the years how we've gone from having, I think the Fame team was, in my perception, one of the first teams that happened in the industry. And then a lot of the manufacturers have come on board and they've built their own protege teams and, and mentor programmes and the, and the fellowship itself which you're both very engaged with, has also grown other teams. Do you think there's still a good appetite there for hairdressers who, who want to be part of a team? Because equally, we've also got this concern that everybody wants to be a superstar on their own and a freelancer and an and a influencer and nobody wants to, you know, join salons anymore, which is... I could only speak from my perspective, and I did Fame Team back in 2005, and for me, that was, that was all I wanted to do. I wanted to win Midlands Hairdresser of the Year and I wanted to be on the Fame Team. Um, and I did them both in one year, but the Fame Team was incredible, uh, an incredible platform, not only just because it takes you outside your own box and you're working with the best and, you know, it's a platform for you to become the hairdresser that you want to be in your own right and an industry-known hairdresser, um, but also it takes, out, it takes you outside your comfort box because you're, you're working with other people who have come from different salons with different approaches to hairdressing, and I think there's a massive appetite for it still. What's, I mean, I understand what you're saying in terms of a lot of people seem to be going down the... Um, self-employed route um, and I think what happens in a salon personally from my perspective when you've got a team of people there that are disjointed where some are self-employed or some are employed the the team the team perspective I think is somewhat lost on that and I think that's a shame and that's and I think I think I hope people gravitate back to going into employed status with salons because I think it's the only way you can have a fully fledged team that work together yeah and i think i think you're right there i think you know there's one key factor with a team they you learn from them that's the best thing about yeah. a team and that's the best thing that it can deliver and i think like you say we talk about people when they move on they go off independently that, that's the one thing they always come back and say oh, i really miss the team you know i really miss being yeah. part of what they are so you know that's the thing. I think the key for building a good team is to balance it out. So you've got lots of different people. they got lots of strengths. And it's great when you can recognise other people's strengths. Do you, do you know what I mean? And I think that's the key, especially if you're the leader of the team. Um, that's the one bit I kind of struggled at the beginning to get used to the fact that other people were better at certain things than I was. <laughs> and I think once you, <laughs> yeah. uh, once you yeah, yeah. accept that, that they're actually really good at that, then their, their part, their value in the team becomes tenfold. Do you, you know yeah. what I mean? So, and, 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 don't, and don't be afraid to tell them that they're better than you at that or yeah. to show yeah. them. You know? and I think <laughs> yeah. I, to 100%. completely echo what Ken says on that, that's so good. Yeah. I think it's yeah. yeah, it's like having a family. You know, if you're an only child, it's all about you, and if you've got siblings, you, that's the you know you learn the dynamics of a family, and you learn um, in different way generosity and and all that kind of the things, the qualities that make a good strong team. And I think yeah. you, you you hit a point. Sorry, you hit a point there, Nikki, when you talk when you referred it to the children, because that's what I say to people, and they say, "Oh, what bit of advice do you know um, would you give to someone opening their own business?" And I always say, I used to say, "Treat it as if it was your own child." So your job yeah. is to be nice to it, to nurture it, to bring it up, to make it the best it possible can be. Sometimes that takes a little bit of steering sometimes you have to rein people back but the reality is is you're trying to encourage the the team which is the core of what your business to be the best it can be
Um, it, it, it's a difficult challenge. Um, it's something you've got to get used to doing. Um, you know, what's interesting with my team is, you know, I have managers and their job is to manage. You know, they're not hairdressers as such. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're not working on the shop floor. They're managing and doing the job so they can be the best they possibly can in all the departments. I think um, from from another angle on what Ken was just saying, um, you've got you've got team members that have different strengths. But I mean, we've got a guy at the moment who's extremely interested in photography. Um, so we've got him out assisting a couple of big photographers in the industry, and he started doing our in salon shoots now. So and that's something that you know, we you know I think it's like what you say you push them at the um at what they they want to do, what they're passionate about, when they're good at. And some people will be doing that again on the art team level, and other people like I've got a junior who writes memo for everything she's got everyone organized in the salon when who's going on lunch she knows where everyone is and she's good at it and I think it's just making sure that they feel praised and um and that 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 skill that they put into the salon is essential and actually they've all got a little cog that turns that you know keeps the salon ticking over yeah, but it's but it's that old saying, isn't it, that a team is is greater than the sum of the parts. You know, it's sort of you you make yeah. something together and and instilling that pride in. I think it'd be really interesting yeah. to see. You know, we're we're having this conversation now at a time, a really odd time when we're all distant, and it'll just be really interesting yeah. to sort of maybe listen back to this at a time when we're all back in our offices or our salons or you know yeah. when we're through this and to see well, whether I it's will say changed so- us. If I can say something else, I've never felt probably closer, and Ken might agree, to uh, my industry peers as I do at the moment, because we're all on individual groups together, and we all chat and we all laugh and we get off each other advice, and then, you know, at the same time we have jokes and laughs on there. So I've never spoke to as many people as much as I have in the last two weeks. I know. We're knackered. We're exhausted here. <laughs> There's none, yeah. none of us... <laughs> Yeah, none of us are on furlough. We've been doing podcasts. You, all the hairdressers are ringing us up with ideas and sending things in and doing lives. It's brilliant. It's it's so busy, and I think yeah. you really you really should do one with Ken and Phil Smith because they're quite comedic. <laughs> him, him, Stephen Goldsworth and Phil Smith on one of the group chats. Yeah, I I will. I don't I don't I don't know whether I'm I'm listening to a script of Last of the Summer Wine or whether you know. <laughs> I, I I will say it's um it it has been great to engage with the you know friends and colleagues all around the you know the country really and um it is i definitely think you know we're talking about teams i think it's actually brought our industry together yeah i really yeah. do totally and, I, and it's, totally. it's so nice i'm i find i'm speaking to people i've never spoken to in my life before it's not even just the uk hair industry you know um chatting to other journalists and event organizers and things around the world you know the the challenge is the same so i think that's even more kind of a, a nice warming aspect of it, a horrible thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, we, we, we're, it's you, to know that everyone, absolutely everyone, not just in the UK, but globally is, is going through this together. It has, it has really brought a, a great sense of unity amongst us. Yeah. And, it, and I think that's a, that's a positive thing that's coming. And isn't out of it, it great all. how much everyone's missing their hairdresser and their salon? So you know, <laughs> let, bring it on. Let's really hope that we have the uh, the bounce. Um, you might need all forty of your yeah. staff, yeah. Ken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it, the interesting thing is, I get I get told a lot of times by other uh, friends who are business owners and that kind of stuff, and um, they're like, "Oh, you, you, I should have got into hairdressing, you know, because everyone needs their haircut." And they they've always looked at my business as if like you. You've got the most robust business possible. But actually, in this scenario, 
it's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because well, exactly. you, you know, the social yeah. distancing means you can't do hair, which is ironic, really. So, um, yeah. but yeah, but well, they, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, all these these kids who are currently shaving their parents and their siblings' heads on Instagram, so perhaps it'll it'll grow an interest in hairdressing, and we'll actually have a really good a good influx of Fingers people crossed. choosing it as a career. Yeah. So. Oh, thank you so yeah. much, guys. That's been really lovely to have you. Have a catch up. Yes. Yes, yeah. And thank, thank you for you inviting us. That's right. Thank you to Ken Picton and to Tim Scott Wright. And thank you to Lauren Stone for co hosting a conversation about teams. Thank you for listening to this Respectfully podcast. You can find a library of conversations with people from the UK hairdressing industry on the Respectfully podcast listing on iTunes. If you like what you hear, please do rate and review us as it helps to drive us up the charts. Thank you.